Word on the beach is we've moved in with a bunch of sex geezers. It's hard bodies on that podcast stays up all night. Come on. Hang 10, bras. It's that podcast stays up all night. The podcast with the most cowabunga on the beach. I'm your gnarliest bro, Josh, and with me are gnarly bros two and three, Aura and Cody. Say hi, guys. Hey, dude. My name is Rags, the surfer. And not even sure why I forced that surf slang in. It has nothing to do with the fucking movie. Uh, So that podcast stays up all night. Are the only Sentinel standing guard against the darkness that is the movies of usa up all night a hosted film show featuring the showeriest horror erotical eroticiest thrillers and porniest comedies ever made by man prior to the early 90s how do we guard you ask we watch and then make fun of them it's a living except we don't get paid oh shit it's all falling apart or a save me with the <laughs> elevator i think i just want to watch you twist in the wind uh <laughs> so- all right, well, invented in France in 1946 by designer Louis I'll go with Rayard. The bikini took its name from the picturesque and highly radioactive Bikini Atoll. The daring design soon took fashion the fashion world by storm. Hard Bodies features several examples of bikinis and starring roles often worn by human beings. And there's some PUA shit in there, too. Uh, the hard buddy's, buddy's story begins with a man and a dream, making a classy porno rag. That man was Hugh Hefner, and that mag was Playboy. Uh, by the 80s, the death of the production code saw skin mag, mag impresarios moving into the newly legal world of pornographic film, and Playboy was no exception. With the cable boom of the early 80s, your grandpa's favorite bathroom reading material branched out into a television channel, which, fun fact, still exists. Did you know that they currently have a half-off sale for Dish subscribers? That is the oldest person sentence anyone has ever said. Well, uh, I gotta go, guys. (laughs) They commissioned a lot of content, including a raunchier update of the classic beach movies called Hard Bodies, which, and this isn't in the script, but it's a fun fact that I just found out on IMDb, is based on an article from Penthouse. Uh, after production was finished, everyone involved decided it was good enough to risk theatrical distribution, and uh, Columbia Pictures picked it up. This despite the fact that it featured a largely unknown director and cast. Uh, it did, however, feature all-girl ass rock band Vixen four years before the release of their debut album, as the Hard Bodies Band, uh, also known as Diaper Rash at one point. Um, You can also hear the Fat Beach Nerds playing uh, Party Time by 45 Grave, a really kick-ass song strongly associated with Up All Night Classic Return of the Living Dead. So uh, it's got good music in it. (laughs) It did sound Uh, good. So the poster, did you guys see the poster for this one? I did. Uh, Yeah, that's something. Is that the same as the DVD cover? (laughs) <laughs> I think so. What, what do we expect going into this one? I'll bring up the poster for us all to look at. I expected rough. I expected a lot rougher. 
I got some of what I expected. Yeah, uh, you're right, Cody. This wasn't as rough as some things we've had to had to endure. Yeah, um, we've seen we've seen some non beach party movies that are way worse in a party sense than this movie. And I need to agree to share, bud. Uh, oh, Cody's shit. the that's my Cody's bad. Cody's the 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 guy, the host. That was the word I was looking for. Host. With the most. Oh, I I did not say with the most. Cinnamon uh, toast. Look at Cody learning how to use Zoom today. You just forget it. <laughs> what is it? Does is it, it the? Is it the bikini thing with the hard bodies like written across the like suntan lotion or whipped cream or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. That's suntan lotion. And it says if you don't know what they are, you don't know what you're missing. Which as a slogan seems kind of counterproductive. Like, if I don't know what I'm missing, then what's wrong? Like aren't I better off not seeing the film? And <laughs> and, and knowing what terrible things, uh, what what horrible wreck my life is. This movie acts like it invented the phrase hard bodies, like multiple times. It includes a song called hard bodies, a band renames themselves hard bodies. They have to introduce the concept of this to the, you know, the main cast it, is our context clues, not a thing in this universe. Like, <laughs> or was uh, hard so bodies really a brand new are, phrase? Are, are you suggesting that, this film made off of a story from Penthouse is maybe not uh, super good at, at embracing the, the things the kids are into. Not uh, not subtle. Not. <laughs> well, speaking of things the kids are into, uh, most of these outfits are pretty cool. I mean, if you take out all the just gratuitous swim trunk wear. Yeah, I was going to say, except for the repeated camel toe shots. <laughs> this lot is of- a perfect example of male gaze is note number one. On my- <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the note you can take on the poster. Yeah. It's even the poster is you just see the woman's body, like her head is cropped off. Josh, like er, important bits. Uh, Aura said something to me when he, he gave it to me about how there's uh, honestly less nudity than what you would expect. And even uh, I talked to Aura, like actually when I was midway through the movie and I was like, Oh wow. Like we had to see dong the first like 10 minutes of this movie. And Aura goes like, yeah, but that's not going to last. That's your only one. And, uh, <laughs> but then later there was definitely a scene where there is about like, I want to say six to 10 topless women in just like one room and one like, very long extended shot. I was, I was just thinking I, of that, I, the photography scene. Okay, I will. Let me. So I guess I, I had led you a little bit astray, Cody. <laughs> uh, I guess what I meant to say was it was uh, less nudity than you'd expect. <laughs> you know, sure. If, I don't if know. It, if you there knew was it was still... a pornographic film. <laughs> <laughs> For something made by a pornographer, it's, it's less nudity than you'd expect. Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. you know, Playboy also produced the uh, the first Monty Python movies. So mm-hmm. there's some. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> you have had pretensions of cultural relevance. That's certainly true. <laughs> but that was, yeah. that was the whole point of Playboy was to to make pornography not a not a scruffy backwoods thing. 
there is something else that I've definitely seen in parodies of these type of 80s movies where there are large groups of crowd that are just crowds, excuse me, that are just perfectly ex- like fine with uh, spontaneous nudity. Like, like several scenes where women for no explicable reason whatsoever, like one shot to the next, just like take their clothes off. Well, like in the scene where they go to the dance with the limo, like the rounder is dancing with this uh, weird, crazy chick and she just gets her bats out like on a like dance club floor. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I mean, I don't look, I don't, you might, you, you might not you know this. I don't go clubbing been to, a lot. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I know I look like I'm a club kid, but not a lot of that. And still I'm fairly certain that you don't just, flip, you know, flip out yeah, the ladies. <laughs> well, flipping out the ladies is one thing. Uh, Haley also commented on this scene, the fact that uh, she's not really just flipping them out so much as like taking her entire top off and then, swinging her breasts specifically in a circular motion yeah the which, creepy stripper dance from old movies where i'm I, always uh, just like wouldn't that hurt <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't look fun <laughs> it, yeah it definitely didn't look fun it's also a hilarious scene where a guy fully clothed or at least shirtless is playing a guitar while another woman just pours champagne over her own body standing by the ocean. Yeah, that one was he's, weird. And he's singing the song about like how that chick wouldn't fuck him unless he paid her. <laughs> Holy shit. Man, the synopsis of this one is going to be fun. <laughs> that uh, that right, so song expectations. Was, that song was fun, too. It was. The one you just mentioned. <laughs> It was based on one of the better lines, and I will give this film, I mean, I suppose we'll get to it more a bit later. I'll give this film one thing. It's kind of cleverly written at points. Like that, like the the opening line that I gave you, Aura, I think when I first watched this, I posted it as my status on Facebook. The word on the beach is, we've moved, you've moved in with a bunch of sex geezers. <laughs> like, that's, that is just beautiful just as a writer, I appreciate the fucking symmetry and beauty of that line. <laughs> this this movie has also both like the really creative and the really incredibly lazy and incompetent like swear writing. The way that yeah. real people actually talk and the way that they swear. And then there's sometimes there's lines where, oh, I guess we didn't say it earlier, but we have spoilers and swears on the show now that we're like <laughs> 10 minutes in. I don't usually say it on this show. I mean... It's a show about USA up all night. <laughs> I don't know what. But there's there's one part where the promoter is like, "Oh, fucking right, yeah, man, these guys fucking rock, holy fucking shit!" And then the main character says something along the lines of, "I couldn't could have said it better myself." <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sex geezers, Josh, like, are are we too old to even be sex geezers at this point? <laughs> that's about our sketches Cody moves in with us and teaches us how to get chicks it's not it's not too late for a quick rewrite right? <laughs> no oh, the, the wheels are in motion I'm, I, this is late you know not to spoil the magic for the listeners but this is late at night already and I don't want to fucking go home <laughs> but it is that podcast stays up all night ah. yeah that's a clever lie 
so yeah, expectations. We thought it would be sleazy and accurate. I mean, maybe not as porny as some people might think, but certainly sleazy. It was super sleazy. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, a note number two I have on here was that I was anti-turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, and this is, I, mean, I think this is a bit personal to it too, but this, this sort of hard body aesthetic, which was, yeah. I mean, we're not going to get into it a lot, like, but it, there's a big academic thing about the 80s and hard bodies. Oh, um, you know, I, th I think that I... I find I, it very not arousing. One of my <laughs> advisors wrote about this, now that you said that out loud, Josh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've read that paper, or at least bits, bits of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a lot to say about that particular... I mean, because uh, his his big uh, this this uh, this advisor of mine who I I won't name, but I'll go ahead and name his research interest for whatever reason is uh, is uh, Pamela Anderson from uh, Baywatch <laughs> and and like barbed wire. It's good to be an <laughs> academic. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, I find. I find all those images like those like moose knuckly tight fucking uncomfortable looking swimwear and just it's just people who look like they're not having a good time to me i don't know they're all smiling I, josh I what the hell are you talking about this film. was that i said they're all smiling josh what the hell are you talking about but it looks like a forced smile yes <laughs> They don't understand that their lives are secretly miserable. <laughs> well, I think LA is just a different place, buddy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they, I, you know, kind of looking like watching this movie as we went, you know, uh, and I don't know if this is moving too far afield, but um, these people were living completely different lives than. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, normal yeah. people. This is this is the scam yeah. that the industry tries to sell you, so that you can live I mean, on a beach I mean, house in a waterbed that's got a car built into it. Well, okay, so I used to answer telephones for a place that uh, that rented these these um, these mansions to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and let me tell you, the people who, who were renting these mansions, uh, they were, they were an interesting lot. Every, every time I would see that, that account light up on the, on the phone call, I'd be like, well, my afternoon's shot now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. It's a sunlight out, which I just revealed earlier is a lie, but I have the bit written, so I'm going to go ahead with it. It's sunlight out. So I got to hit the beach and lay some lines on some righteous babes. And then go home alone and masturbate sadly in the corner. We'll be back after the jump. Why has it got to be in the corner? Hey guys, what you doing? So this is another one of those walking into the conversation openers for this sketch, huh? Hey, give me a break. Openings are tough. We aren't even recording in the same building. Audience doesn't know that. They do if they have ears. Listen to that zoomy audio quality. Okay, we don't need to call attention to the production problems, please. Just saying. <clears throat> so what you doing? We're trying to come up with a, with a set of rules to pick up chicks from this week's movie. 
then we can publish it and make a million dollars. First off, Neil Strauss's The Game is already out. Uh, second, if you want to make a million dollars off the publishing industry, you better be prepared to blow a president. D- don't tempt me. I'll do it. Yeah, this president, though? Good point. Ew. I do, Bernie. He's got those dreamy eyes. You gave me that line because I'm the youngest, right? Uh, so what kinds of dating tips would you extract from this film? Well, for starters, be really old. I'm uh, not sure that one has a great track record. Oh, or be really young and poor and homeless and gross. Or or have a stupid party trick that will gradually turn around the lead actress into your best friend. Uh, sure, sure. Ooh, know how to hotwire a car. Uh, pretend that you have credentials in the entertainment field without making the slightest preparation to back up the lie. In fact, lie to chicks all the time. But draw the line at tricking them to take off their clothes. Uh, even though you did that yourself in several other scenes? Um, this is an A-B conversation. Uh, I can't be rejected by my own sketch. Can I? Ignore him. Way ahead of you. Fine! I didn't want to do a podcast anyway. Whew, he's finally gone. So the major theme of Foucault's works is the underlying ways in which systems of authority use ways of knowing to refine and contain the sphere of public discourse. Sure, sure. Uh, But to what end? You know, like most non-Marxist post-structuralists, he seems not to want to name the disease, only the symptoms. Welcome back to That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Since we can't just scream date rape into a microphone for 10 minutes straight i guess we need to do a synopsis luckily that's cody's department so take it away (laughs) oh and you know i came as well prepared as always we we could (laughs) scream date rape into the mic if we were like sublime (laughs) (laughs) it's a cover that's okay you can do that (laughs) um well, we don't have to pay them if we mention the band, right? Only if we play the song. <laughs> yeah, I think this is low, low qual enough that uh, we'll get away with it. Sure, sure. <laughs> we certainly don't have to pay Vixen any, any amount of money for mentioning their name, even though that's not their name in the movie. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, uh, this movie begins with the titular character, Scotty, the oh. hard body. Sorry to interrupt you. It begins with like 10 minutes of fucking tracking shots. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot. Without their heads, mostly. (laughs) Because we're starting as we mean to continue. I thought for sure it was going to be a roller skating movie for a minute. I was so excited. (laughs) You're so right. There's so many scenes like that. I almost completely blocked it out. Oh, it's it's easy to forget. It's just, I think it's important to put that in there. It's just, uh, it's just shitloads. (laughs) It started... And uh, it was around that time where it was like, all right, this song is too like annoying at a 1.5 speed. So I guess I have to watch this movie in real time. And uh, <laughs> at about the time that the song started and I realized there wasn't going to be any important plot details in the opening credits was when I turned on Animal Crossing. <laughs> so I once... Mean, uh, you didn't miss anything. If you watched like five seconds of it, you've seen the whole montage. <laughs> yeah. Once characters started speaking, finally, was when I uh, started paying attention. So there's, Sorry to interrupt. 
<laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're totally fine. I believe then the yeah. next shot is uh, two people lying in bed. Yes, so let me fucking... say, actually, <laughs> since we're talking about this tracking shot at the beginning, uh, 80s, attra- 80s attractive is weird. <laughs> like, Very specific. <laughs> yes. There was a type for this movie. Leathery, very tanned, like big hair. Well, and it carried over into Baywatch, like I, you know, like I had sort of said earlier, like, you know, yeah. uh, and we had a conversation. I don't remember if Cody was on the show yet, but at least me and Josh have had the conversation about how, like, I, at least I didn't find anything on Baywatch all that attractive. I didn't watch Baywatch when it was on, and I'm sure I saw it once or twice in passing, but just like, I was never Nights. interested. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I'd watched Baywatch Nights. Anyone has a lead on a DVD set for Baywatch Nights, fucking let me know. <laughs> Put it in the comments, because I want that shit. Uh, I'm definitely more of a Knight Rider guy. <laughs> so not even a Pamela Anderson type at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to fuck a car? <laughs> yeah, the talking I, I was about, car. I was, about to, I was about to say Cody's a Hasselhoff, but I think Josh no. is right. <laughs> I'm absolutely all for Kit. Not in there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let you do that. <laughs> oh, this is so much more fun than talking about the movie. Can we just keep doing this? <laughs> I know. It's such a gross move. <laughs> oh, we should have named the big machine at work Hal and not Large Marge. Ooh, that, uh, that's a suiting rename. Eh. <laughs> I hate it just the same. <laughs> I can't. I can't let you uh, scrub that DVD today. Uh, all right. So this movie, speaking of DVDs, uh, the there's the character Scotty. Scotty he is the young hot man seducing all the ladies, all of the Gina Davis hair types, all up and down the beach. <laughs> well, but he's uh, kind of in the process of retiring his spurs yeah. to become a one-woman man. Doesn't want Not to pull really. no more scams. <laughs> Phil wants us to think he is. Yeah, he doesn't want to do scams with his uh, his beach buddy rags anymore. Yeah. So he just wants to lie just... on top of Christy and make big thrusting motions, in an unappetizing opening, and then try and cook her things in his uh, his kitchen. That really, I've only ever seen a place that looks that gross when I lived in San Francisco with like four other dudes in a tiny studio apartment. <laughs> his, uh, his buddy rags. If it, there was a nineties remake of this movie would be played by, uh, Martin star from freaks and geeks, like an older version of Martin star. That's the exact type of rags perpetually got- horny, but not as cool as the main character. Just a, a perfect sidekick. When it comes to trivia, I got some news about rags. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Skip ahead in the script, Cody. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, then, some more stuff happens, probably. Some more ogling shots. They threaten to evict him. Oh, yeah. He he is evicted right from the start. Because it's one of those movie things that I never understand. Because the landlord is like, you're three months behind on rent. I'm like... How are you three months behind on rent? Unless there is a plague happening. Like, how does that happen? Like, 
if too I, soon, Josh. I, if I'm too soon. A few days behind on rent. My landlord certainly lets me know. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he's pulling a Spider Man and he's already yelled at him, his landlord, a bunch. He's like, You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> that makes sense. He just storms off every time. So I guess that's the uh, the character's motivation to pull one last scam, one last heist, one last. Uh, God, I don't know. It's so. What is what is uh, starting a dialogue? Uh, it's so sleazy the way that he talks about what is picking yeah. up women. Well, it's it's proto PUA shit. Like uh, that's most of this movie. Like the the plot shape of this movie is prototype PUA shit. That's, that's all it is. Like it's this young guy teaching these three older dudes who turn up, uh, how to, how to get women to fuck them by lying. PUA is pickup artist, correct? Yeah. For all those millennials out there. Nope. Number three. (laughs) Now we just call that a fuck boy. (laughs) That is the absolute millennial term for these characters. I think there's still some PUA communities on. I think a lot of them moved into MRA shit or, <laughs> or incel shit. But speaking of um, millennial things, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before. But this uh, this movie absolutely fails the Bechdel test in every way. I guess we could just start off by saying that now. There's going to be a lot of female characters that. Uh, I, I would say f- uh, women make up probably 80% of this cast, if I'm being honest. 85, 90% of the cast. I'm not sure, other than the band, that there are any women in this movie that have jobs that are disclosed. Somebody is like a... Uh, <laughs> there's... Whoever uh, Ash talks to about being a manure farmer has a job, but it's, but it's something like physical therapy or something like that. Or it is a, uh, or it is a cashier clerk slash waitress who immediately quits that job by jumping out the window of said restaurant to join the uh, party bus. Yeah. But almost all the girls, including, I don't think we know the female leads, like what she does for a living. Oh, she has, she aspires to be a designer. Like what she actually does. We don't ever see an example of her work, though. They discuss nope. it. They discuss it in very vague terms. So there's these it's three... mostly there so there can be a comic misunderstanding about orgies. Yeah. <laughs> before, uh, before the main character, uh, Scotty and Rags, meet up with these uh, three old dudes, there are these beach jerks who show up. So there's a scene of, uh, of Scotty and Jag messing with them, getting them to run off the beach. Definitely one of a stereotypical up all night scenes. This is our beach. Beach nerds. I loved them. (laughs) I want them to be in every movie. I can't believe they didn't get Eddie Dozen for one of these guys. They should have brought in Deezen. That would have been awesome. Deezen, my bad. But it's, and they carry around a boom box and they're always playing. Like they carry, later on, they carry a boom box into a concert by the band, which results in a scuffle because they're playing a song, which is later played at the party. Why pay for two songs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this film did not have a great budget, so we'll get to it. So uh, they meet up with these old geezers, but first you get to see a scene of all three of them 
attempting to use just straight up cheesy lines directly on women met with some mixed uh, responses, some funny, some just ignore them. And uh, they give, once they get there in their car, they offer it up to Scotty because he tells them he'll like, he'll do detailing work on the car. And they're like, Oh, what's detailing. And I don't think Scotty explains what the idea of detailing it is like trimming up or cleaning like a, an automobile, but he just goes off on, you know, a Ferris Bueller joyride uses the car to pick up two girls, which at that yep. point was like before well, he was picking it up almost people. accidentally. Like he is cleaning the car. He's detailing the car. And then these fucking two chicks walk up to him and they're like, Hey Scotty. And he's like, sup. And so they end up driving off. Yeah. So he's already established that he's now a one woman guy. And then he drives off with these two girls one for him, one for his buddy Rags. I've been involved in car cleaning too, incidents is... before. <laughs> What's that, Josh? I'm it sorry. It's like I'm a talking. matching twins vibe to the two chicks, too. Like they have the same colored swimsuits, I think. Yeah, but blonde. Always a thing from the 80s that is super creepy. Like all of this, it's twins. It's like, so it's incest? Oh, well, step incest is so incredibly popular on the internet right now. It's. Uh... It's alarming. I mean, the internet oh, guys, is I gotta go. I'll be back later. <laughs> and as an anime fan, Step Incest has been a fucking bane of my existence for a long time. <laughs> as an anime fan, straight up incest has probably been a bane of good anime for a very long time. Uh, so the, the old men basically witnessed him... Uh, pull up with their own car and all these hot girls pile out. So they uh, proposition him inside where they use derogatory homophobic language to refer to each other <laughs> playfully. Uh, eventually solicit this guy in a very, uh, at this point I noted if this movie was written better, it's almost the taming of the shrew because they proposition this guy, a, uh, a fee per week to help train them how to pick up women and this is where he explains that he has uh it's not a it's not a scam you got to dialogue them and then there's an acronym and i forget what the acronym was i'm not gonna remember it (laughs) there's some other acronym that doesn't get used much but they use the phrase dialogue a lot it's absolutely the uh, dentist system of this movie as a classical illusion i would say that it's trying to be cyrano oh not doing a good job of it that's a good point, especially considering some stuff that happens later. This is absolutely a movie that the first half of it is just fun, goofy training montage of a young guy teaching three old guys how to pick up girls, which honestly, when you think about yeah. movies that are successful now, like Bad Grandpa, isn't that far off if you do it right, if you do it tastefully, if you do it by like modern standards. There are a lot of montages. This basically the first half of this film is a fucking Soviet propaganda film from the <laughs> from the twenties because it's nothing but montage. <laughs> it's like you're watching with those uh, consume goggles the entire time. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So... I wonder what Eisenstein would have thought if he'd seen Hard Bodies. 
there is there is some things that happen in between the montages uh he at one point fakes being a band manager to help pick up a girl for one of them they're they're inviting people to a big party basically so the old guys can get laid that's their best shot really i would like to point out that his main method seems to be like ask the girls what their dreams are and then lie and say that you can get it for them. Like the first example one that he does is he, there's this girl and he's like, are you a model? And she's like, I'd like to be. And he's like, well, I'm doing this party where there's a bunch of modeling agents. (laughs) Yeah. And then you can lie about that later, as long as you have a camera. Mm -hmm. And then he lies later about his friend being connected to modeling agencies so that girls will take their fucking tops off for him. So. He's not, there's a thing that happens later where you're going to try and think that Scotty is a good person and it is important to remember that he is not. <laughs> so I, I, meant, I mentioned to Josh earlier this week that I, you know, we, me and him both have a love of Saved by the Bell. Uh, I, I keep thinking of Scotty, like as this movie was going forward, I'm like, this is clearly Zach Morris, you know, like it's just the same like even like scams everything i mean he didn't talk to the camera at any point but like i mean separate of that like yeah he's a he's a pornier jack pornier zach morris certainly it's funny because a criticism that scotty has of other women in the movie is you know you know he understands that no means no but don't be a bitch and don't be a tease even though like he clearly leads so many women on to think that they are going to sleep with him because he is conventionally attractive for our millennial listeners. This guy looks like he's probably two shades away from being a Dave Franco type. That's how I would describe him. He smiles too much. <laughs> That's the Dave Franco really? type. No, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm sure. I'm just saying that like watching it as far as Scotty's attractiveness, dude smiles a lot. No one should be that happy. <laughs> no one who is a decent person is that happy. <laughs> it's a terrible world. It's burning down right now. How can you be that happy? It That's was how you burning can t- down differently in the 80s, Josh. No, it's kind of burning down the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's always the same because we never learn. This is uh, this the... Uh... The Scotty attractiveness is definitely p- more of the uh, consume my shorts vision of this movie. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they do the party. Some of the guys kind of pair off rounder. Oh, the, the names of these old men characters are Hunter is the lead who looks kind of like a, uh, what's his name? He's like a New York Italian. He's like a, type. he's like a Norm McDonald lookalike almost. It's like tall, slender. They try and sell him as this sort of Italian New York stereotype sometimes. Yeah. I would say. Not super explicitly, but I feel like it's there. Then there is Rounder, who is uh, this, you know, curly hair, just joke of the, you know, the bigger guy in the group. Mm -hmm. Very. He's the comedy Fat Man, played by a guy named Michael Rappaport, uh, whose name is shared by an actor much more successful than him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's definitely the uh, discount uh, Belushi type character. Then there he's, is. Oh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he's sort of a Jim Belushi or uh, what's his name from Seinfeld? 
George. Oh. George from Seinfeld. But less acerbic. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say Newman. <laughs> Newman. Newman would be a good a good, good rounder. <laughs> and, uh, and then there is Ash, who is Ashby. Yep. And, uh, Ashby is the cowboy, which is a balding man with a big shell Silverstein beard. Yes. He looks like George Carlin trying to do a uh, Sam Shepard impression. Oh, also, uh, like three out of five people in this movie have such incredibly fucked up teeth. It's you can notice it more than you can like the outfits and like all the gratuitous nudity. I started uh, halfway through the movie just to keep myself engaged with watching. I started like trying to not document, but just see how many of the women had the exact same like poofy front long back like hairstyle like trimmed real close on the sides. <laughs> oh, in the bad teeth. Anyway, not like I have room to talk on that side of things. But uh, the party goes on. They they After the party, it's, it's hard to tell, like I said, between all the montage things. They get a limo at some point, and uh, everybody... Montage. <laughs> yeah, then it's nighttime. Everybody kind of pairs off. Then there's the scene where literally every single character is either receiving a blowjob or having sex or you know something of this nature everybody's orgasming at the same time along to like musical jokes as ashby strums a guitar and the old guy has figured out how to get sex at this point or the old guys have figured out how to get sex at this point yeah uh, lie i do want to point themselves. out there's there's one other female character named candy that kind of matters uh peripherally at least to the plot here She's more of a plot device than a formed character, but uh, her thing is that she is really sexual uh, in terms of talking to people, but then won't let you have sex with her. Yeah, we kind of barely touched on it, just as, like I said, more as a uh, thing for Scotty to uh, yeah. like talk about. It's about to be important. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a character, and, and they acknowledge the fact that she is just, uh, she never really has sex with anybody, but uh, it, it doesn't seem to be like a, um, like a mockery issue with any of them. Nobody's like making fun of Candy, and they just kind of casually mention it. Uh, It'd be like they make fun of her a little bit back at the apartment. Yeah. But like, still as a friend, they're, they're not calling her just like a bimbo or anything like that, which, you know, that word is definitely used by lots of other people in this movie, too, to refer to like any number of women in any number of scenes. Yeah. But uh, then at that point, uh, Hunter is with this girl, Candy, and she is repeatedly like while they're together making out, doing this sort of uh, very innuendic. Is that a word? Using a lot of innuendos <laughs> for things. So uh, then Hunter makes the move and she starts screaming. So Hunter uses a trick that Scotty taught him earlier, which is if you spill your drink on a girl, you can offer to, you know, clean up the shirt for her like immediately, like right now. So that way the stain doesn't, you know, stay in. And that's a way to get him out of their shirt. Op exhibit like, M of Scotty not being a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten that there's a trick that he learned from him. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> That's uh, there's just so many like little scams. Like this movie could have been a con man movie, and it would have been a lot more fun if it was just a con man movie that was like on the beach. But I mean, it kind uh, of was a con man movie, just not in the way we recognize as morally wrong in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Scotty overhears uh, Hunter struggling with her. It's not clear if Hunter is going to molest her per se, but it's very date rapey vibe at the very least. Yeah, like he's she's like, over by the water washing and he's like grabbing her, her. Yeah. in some way. So it's, it's not okay. Yeah, so Scotty runs up and tells him this and uh, Hunter gets pissed because clearly this is what he paid Scotty for in the first place. And uh, Scotty's like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm done then. It's also, oh, I guess we didn't mention, besides paying him, they are letting Scotty and Rags both live in their beachside, like, yeah. mansion house for free. Well, because uh, Scotty is homeless. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> clear. He's been kicked out of his home for three months of non-payment of rent. So, uh, <laughs> they go back, uh, but... Before they all head back, Hunter makes his way up to Scotty's girlfriend in the sleeping bag where they were just having sex and tries to just point blank tell her that uh, Scotty basically said it was okay if, if we had uh, sex. She's like, oh, there's, you're lying. There's absolutely no way. And he's like, oh, well, he's making his moves on Candy right now. And Candy's this other girl, and Scotty's clearly trying to comfort her after this whole thing has taken place. And of course, cinematically timed, they are embracing in a hug, like a side-to-side Christian side hug sitting down. But from the top of a cliff, she just sees the two of them with their necks close. In so. easily the most bracing scene of the film, because Scotty goes to like sit by her, and he's like, "Why do you do this?" And he's he's immediately he's slut shaming her. Let's 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 put a fucking button on it. Like he's all yeah. like, you know, why do you tease all these men? And like. She's like, well, I want men to like me. And they otherwise, you know, all these things, they call me, they just, have you ever been called airhead or bimbo? You, you don't know what it feels like. And there's like a moment of genuine empathy in that, which is it was a like weird an interesting scene. scene of a character trying to learn something. And, and, th- and that was Scotty's mistake, was having empathy for another human being. That's what sets up his downfall. It, it kind of reminds me how, like, this movie absolutely is glorifying not just sex, but like, you know, uh, tricking your way into sex, yeah. uh, or especially using women as objects. But it's still, even with this one scene, it, I feel like it draws a better line of like, it's, you know, it's still something to be enjoyed, it's like party, blah, 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 everything's cool, but there's still like a for sure no, which. Other classic eating uh, Raul up all night movie, like ne- definitely never has that line in it. It's just like all the swinger sex stuff is bad. That's all for yeah. like that direct satire. The fact that like that couple <laughs> doesn't sleep in the same bed. They don't really have sex. Yeah. I think it's interesting because when people talk about how like in defense of these kinds of things, like oh in the eighties we didn't you know, we didn't understand what what date rape was and how it could be bad, but in this film they clearly understand that it's bad because mm-hmm. that's what's happening and and scotty's like well this isn't you get the sense that he doesn't he can't quite articulate what the line should be and he mm-hmm. doesn't have a good sense of how it applies to himself 
but like it's obvious that there's an understanding that it's wrong to trick people into sex and force yourself on them it's it's definitely got a uh how i met your mother morality like you can lie and convince women you know of anything but as long as they agree to sex with you based on whatever sham you've cooked up then you won basically like they agreed to it even though you lied <laughs> and it's not right like that's the yeah. whole entire barney character yeah it was always one of the weirdest parts of that show i felt it's that it's that yeah. same like picking up women as like a, as a magic trick or something something neat that i can do obtain yeah. women all right but yeah so now we're set for the for the arc going into the conclusion yeah, this is that is... Hunter is trying to scam Christy, and Scotty is going to try and uh, win her back. Yeah, this is definitely at post the halfway point of the movie, and this is the first real conflict that they've had at all. Like I said, it's all just been kind of montages of picking up girls, having fun, pulling some minor pranks. Nobody ever like gets any real hurt or offended by anything of all of the like terrible stuff that is happening up until this point. But uh, then between his connections of the band that we've mentioned a couple of times that he is uh, like lied about managing, he, uh, he gains like a little bit of humility and it fesses up to the band that he was lying about it. They're like, Oh, what are you talking about, man? We love you. Like you're one of the best managers there are. You got us these gigs. Right, the gigs speak for themselves, and uh, he recruits them and some of the other characters that we've met throughout the movie to kind of help blow up this final big party that Hunter is going to throw, where he will ultimately try to woo Christy again. So the final act of the movie boils down to a big uh, Animal House esque. Uh, what's an, another good comparison? Like a Home Alone, but for Instead of two robbers, it's like sexed, crazed men. Yeah. All these traps of just women putting themselves on the line for your sake. And if I recall, it includes a rounder's wife or mother turns up? Mother. We also wondered mother. the same thing, because when she shows up, it's clear that she has some relation to rounder and will not like uh, what is happening, which is just... Oh, they have made this joke that Rounder is the, the fattest one of the group, but he has the biggest penis. You don't see it or ever see like an outline of a, a monster. A woman refers to it as frightening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have a line Remember that. <laughs> lined up of women who are like stumbling out the door, seemingly intoxicated by the size of this penis. And the... Uh, <laughs> billboarding it as the eighth wonder of the world <laughs> so his mother waits in line without question of what all of this other stuff is to see her baby boy and then there's like a curtain that is being pulled which just reveals right. his uh it's funny I guess, because the mother sees her son's dick fully erect one would assume <laughs> simultaneously they are instead of tarring and feathering they're soaping up uh hunter with honey so they can dump him full of feathers and uh 
Oh, it's it's worth noting that Ashby gets in an argument with uh, Hunter. Ashby yeah. kind of helps Scotty and uh, and Rags pull off some of these things because he says. Also, Hunter says something about how uh, he caught or Ashby, excuse me, says something about how he caught Hunter having sex with his girlfriend. And uh, Scotty's like, "Oh, what did you do?" He's like, "Oh, well, I kicked his ass, of course." Like, what about the girl? He's like, "Oh, I did even worse. I married her." And they have a laugh. But Ashby has also had a girlfriend that he has been having sex with like in the duration of this movie. Including yeah. a very, very weird scene where he plays guitar and she stands fully naked by the ocean doing what seems like Tai Chi while holding a champagne glass. And then she pours the champagne glass like all over her breasts and uh, yeah. rubs it in. Very well, inexplicably. Sure which... I wasn't sure which one it was because he has two love interests. Like He has the the physical trainer who's somebody that's kind of more closer to age appropriate for him. And like, they clearly have chemistry. And then he has this like younger beachier girl who's weirdly into Confederacy shit. Who fucks him? <laughs> Being a Southern gentleman. That's, that's the nickname they give him. Doesn't she nickname him Robert E. Lee or something? Yeah, she nicks. You're right. She nicknames him Robert E. Lee because he looks like that, and she finds that attractive. Yeah, that's not. They okay. don't. They don't get into the psychology of that. Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the hunter character invites some producer, promoter, some club guy who's going to give them. Uh, $100,000 a month to make a show about Hunter picking up women called Hunting with Hunter. He's like, oh yeah, they'll love it. And so there's a very, uh, oh, well, here's my girlfriend. Like, you can have a fun time with her scene. And they are clearly not interested and know exactly what he's doing. So they, uh, his hair gets lit on fire by the uh, beach bums that they bring, the beach nerds. <laughs> Yeah, and and Christy figures out that he's a sleazy. That Hunter is what my mom would call a sleazy pork chop. Yeah, they smoke one single joint in the bathroom, which immediately fills up with smoke and begins pouring out from underneath the door like a like a fog machine almost. That must have been a tight ass pack joint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, either that or they blaze through five in the cutaway. <laughs> they probably did in between takes I'm sure <laughs> it's like a fog machine's worth of fucking pot smoke uh, and then the movie ends like there is literally no more resolution beyond this party scene like uh, Hunter gets Hunter and the business promoter get put in a hot tub uh, Rags and Scotty come out they joke about throwing a hell of a party that's it. The last we see of Rounder is his mom, like, seeing his dick. Ashby, you know, helps them out. You don't really see him that much at the end. And then the credits roll. They, yeah. uh, they have accomplished all of their goals, it would seem. We still don't know yeah. what Scotty's going to do about being homeless. Oh, yeah. Rags got to have sex. Rags and Candy have sex. That's, like, the only other resolution that happens. Is it Rags and Candy or is it Rags and uh, Christy's friend? I think it's candy because they both make a, they make a comment at the exact same time about how it was okay. worth the wait. Cause rags is trying to hit on Christie's friend the entire time, but rags is uh, while still 
verbally saying that he is ogling her like 24 seven. He makes several passes at her and she turns him down every single time and he never does anything. So at least rags isn't uh, overtly molesting anybody in this film. And when he sees the, the sleazy gent, uh, the business partner trying to put the moves on Christie's friend, he uh, tries to fight him off. Yeah. Punches him in the stomach twice to uh, no avail. So then she gets to knee him in the crotch. Yeah. Classic comedy. Which, I mean, everybody should know. You can't stop a horny molester except by a kick to the nuts. <laughs> Movies have taught me this. That was That's the movie. That's the movie. Wah, yep. wah, wah. I think let's skip past the discussion. We're plenty long as we are. <laughs> Ooh, hoo, hoo. is that right, Josh? Yeah. You think we're plenty long? Just call me rounder. <laughs> After the break, sex or Aura's game section. I forget which. Either one. <laughs> Same thing, really. Sketch Two Theater presents the Sunny Five System. I'm bored. What do you want to do? Besides sit around and complain. There's quite a bit of skating in this movie. It reminded me of how much I miss it. Want to go skate down at the pier? That is a fantastic way to break my neck. That is not a socially distant activity. That is a lot of other people. That definitely isn't quality roller rink surface. That sounds like a trick to get me to exercise. That doesn't sound like fun. That sounds like a lot of children. That is a lot of loud pop music. That is actually a real problem because there isn't a pier within 200 miles of here. Yeah, okay, fine. I don't know why I hang out with you nerds. What do you want to do? I'm not sure. I kind of want to meet some people. That is also not a socially distant activity. Oh, remember the dentist system and it's always sunny? Well, we do have our own self-help robot, so let's use his Sunny 5 system. Not a self-help robot. Also, I wouldn't take advice from him. I also remind you, I'm married. I'm basically married. Ignore that for now. The plot requires it. Want to tell that to her face? You know what? You've piqued my curiosity. And Haley's on a work Zoom call, so I guess I'm in. The robot came up with this system of seduction, much like in today's film. And what does Sunny 5 stand for? S stands for sexy. Obviously, only talk to sexy women. Uh, O stands for overcome obstacles. She will play hard to get, call the police, etc. Overcome those obstacles. N, nearness. You want her to smell your musk. N, nickname. Because women love being called names that are not their own. Y stands for yank. Once you get her a nickname, she's yours, so it is your turn to play hard to get. You need your friends to make you look good. Wingman you, talk you up, so that brings us to five, because it requires five people to enact. This is a problem, including the robot there are only four of us. This is half-baked. This is bad precedent. This acronym doesn't work. Overcome obstacles would be two O's, like SUNY. This doesn't sound right. I think I read a Sonny5 Reddit post on our sentient robot souls about this. He said that the S stood for swinger. Maybe this is like a version two or something. You know what? Never mind. What do you want to do, Cody? I want to take the burrito truck out for a joyride. That sounds like a plan. That sounds stupendous. One hour later. That was fun, but now I'm bored again. 
What do you want to do? So I sit around and complain. I'll read me this, Batman. What kinds of games are worse than the mind games Scotty plays? The filthy depravity aura comes up with time for the games. <laughs> the fun and games he's, portion of the show. Part of Frank Gorsham. <laughs> I, I miss that guy. Rest in peace. <laughs> Poor one he's out. dead, right? Yeah, I think probably. If he's not, he's a billion. If, if, if he's not, you just fucking killed him, because apparently we do that on this show. No, spoiler for next week. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, the fun and games portion. Uh, for this, we need a volunteer. Uh, uh, you, you in the front. Uh, Cody. <laughs> I'm taking a spin of that big old wheel. <laughs> Let me see if I have anything near me that's good for a wheel ADR. All right, here we go. All right, here's the sound of the spinning wheel. <laughs> all right it landed on something yeah what did it land on it landed on uh a, a title a title that i didn't give this game uh <laughs> so what did it land names. on walkie talkie names <laughs> so there's a scene in this movie involving walkie talkie uh nicknames uh we were talking off the air. Uh, there wasn't a logical sort of like um, connection we could really make with any particular game because uh, the only the only you know games that really happen here are screwing with uh, women, which are you know not really uh, fun in games. <laughs> but so um, I was originally going to do a much more complicated thing, but because we're low on time, I just went ahead and generated names for you guys. And you can go ahead and react to them accordingly. So uh, from wearecb.com, Josh, your uh, your nickname on a CB would be the Jazzbone Rambler. Ooh, I like that. You like that one? We're going to have to remember these. Jazzbone Rambler. Uh, Cody, yours would be Chopper Coyote. Ooh, I kind of yeah. like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Can I uh, be Coyote Chopper? It's yeah, better. you could probably switch it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my name is Open Road Musket. <laughs> <laughs> Did you join the NRA without telling us? <laughs> right. Uh, from 90, uh, 99.5 The Mix, WJBR, uh, that generator uh, for you, Josh, you got open road scratch on that generator. Mm. Uh, and here is my favorite. Cody, you got the hoodwinked swinger. <laughs> I'll stick with Co Coyote Chopper if uh, <laughs> if I want Haley to listen to this episode. <laughs> you didn't mean like, like open road swinger, huh? Uh, that's and then that's I the old me. I've put that <laughs> life behind me now. <laughs> that life is past. <laughs> uh, and then I got shaved jarb and i tried to look up what jarb was but the only thing that came up was from the urban dictionary and i'm guessing that's not what they were going for in that nickname <laughs> <laughs> no definition past that huh yeah well I, I mean i could tell you guys if you want you know it, but uh it's it's fucking filthy <laughs> <laughs> better if you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was your first one again aura 
Open road musket. All right. Open. Do you want that What's to be name come up as? Do you want that to What's be that? two words or three words? Uh, it, it it's two words as the as the generator made it, but which would you prefer? <laughs> I'm fine with two. Okay, this is for our Letterman jackets. There you go. We're designing <laughs> t-shirts already. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been designing t-shirts in these bits for fucking like over thirty episodes now. <laughs> contractually obligated to fulfill a pre-order t-shirt designs yeah. uh well so that that is what i got for you guys on that um josh uh you said you liked the jazz bone rambler yeah <laughs> everyone yeah, likes got... the jazz bone rambler baby <laughs> <laughs> i got coyote chopper jazz bone rattler and open road musket open road musket so, uh, all right, well, let's take a spin of that big old wheel and see what it lands on this time. All right, give me one second. Here's the, the wheel. This is the sound of the wheel clicking through the little pegs, you know, like are on yeah. wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wheel sounds sort of. a lot like my, my barber. <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin this podcast magic, Josh. You don't. You don't you don't remember what your barber sounds like anymore. That was the before times. That's true. I got I got a, I'm a long hair now and I got sideburns. Oh wait, hold on. Just I like actually Mattingly. Uh no, that was all a joke. Here's the real sound of the wheel. Is that, is that cookies? Is he shaking cookies at us? Oh. <laughs> Ball bearings. Even more creepy. Oh, All right. Who's ruining the magic now? Oh, sorry, nothing. I not yeah, definitely a wheel. <laughs> well, fortunately, it, fortunately it landed on genre swap. <laughs> genre okay, swap. I'm doing you this week, Aura. What's that? I'm doing yours this week, Aura. Oh, you are, are you? Yes, I am. Oh well shit. I guess I'll have to think of one for Cody. Uh so uh, genre swap is the uh is the game that we play every week uh or every every time we do the show i guess not every week uh but uh what we do is we 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 tell the same story of the movie but we assign it a different genre to each other so uh for you this week cody i would like you to tell hard bodies as a let's say a Super Bowl ad, like a million dollar Super Bowl ad. Million dollar Super Bowl ad? Easy. Yep. Yep. Uh, Josh, you're doing this as a uh, Crusades movie. Okay. Oh. Holy um, War. Holy War. Aura? Yes. Uh, you're going to do it in the style of uh, you call it a Victorian novel, a Regency novel, the shit your wife likes. <laughs> like, like Jane Austen shit. I believe that book yeah, is called right. Wuthering Heights. <laughs> See, I, th I had a fun one for you. I wasn't being mean. No, no, I, I figured. <laughs> All right, Cody, does that mean that you had yours since you said easy right out of the shoot? What, is a Super Bowl ad? Yeah, like a million-dollar Super Bowl ad, though. Uh, do I get to create the product that I'm selling for this Hard Bodies ad, or is it, is it just a, the new movie? What is, what am about I? Axe body spray. Axe body spray, hard bodies ad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, 
Uh. Okay, so the uh, the start of the Super Bowl ad is uh, similar to the movie. I'm going to spend uh, how, ex- how much time do I have? Do I got like 90 seconds? We'll call it a 90 second ad. Okay, 90 you spend, seconds. You spend a lot of damn money on this ad. You're going to make sure to get your message out there that Axe is the best body spray for All hard right. bodies. So for 45 seconds, the first half of the ad, all it is, no head, nothing lower than like the kneecaps, is just torsos of people in swimsuits running. Not like slow motion, but just like running. And there's, it's on a beach, so you can kind of see like sand and the ocean and stuff, but it's just one long tracking shot of that for 45 seconds. And then it pans forward and you see uh, the three old men first and they're like running and chasing and clawing towards, uh, you know, the front. And it's uh, at this point, we've passed the 45 second mark. So then the, uh, the voiceover comes through and it's like, <laughs> even these old geezer swingers can't get it. <laughs> and, uh, and then it, it runs a little bit forward and it's instead of it's Scotty and rags, but instead of their usual beach attire, they are wearing uh, workman's uniforms, just like gray coveralls. And in their hands, they're holding the big brown like cardboard cases of Axe body spray. And then, <laughs> then it says just like, <laughs> get it before it runs out. And it really pushes that runs out. Oh. And then it just says, hard bodies by Axe. Ooh. I imagined a, a case of Axe body spray and was immediately sickened. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking chemical warfare right there, bud. That's true. <laughs> My turn or yours, Josh? I'll go ahead and give it a try. Uh, so it's, it's a dynastic struggle film, right? About these... Uh, <laughs> about I this love it already, Josh. Prince. You need you not say more. <laughs> <laughs> about this depo- deposed and impoverished prince who wants to... Uh, redeem himself to, to win his, uh, his lady love. Uh, that's Scotty, Prince Scotty. <laughs> uh, so he, he, he engages in an alliance with three uh, aging monarchs in which he, he provides his youthful vitality and knowledge on scamming chicks uh, <laughs> in exchange for harborage from his foes uh, for him and for his friend, uh, the Pope in exile rags. Uh, Celebrate uh, Pope Rags. Drama, one of the one of the King Hunter turns on him. And so uh Ashby and Scotty uh must uh battle <laughs> have a huge uh, battle scene against uh Hunter and Rounder, the two evil kings. And then uh and then the White Walkers show up and it gets crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I have just decided that whatever amount of money I saved by spending the first 45 seconds of my ad on just one tracking shot, I am donating to Josh's movie. Yes. <laughs> I need I need that Aquaman level like CG battle at the end. <laughs> and, and the Axe body spray stayed on, which was weird, right? <laughs> Uh, we've got a co-promotion deal with Axe Body Spray. spray. <laughs> it, we'll, do it, we'll do it like uh, a knight's tale, and without addressing what it is, we'll have the Axe Body logo 
like on everybody's armor and on the big banners that the uh, <laughs> the, the, the heroes carry. Uh, f- funny story about Night's Tale. I went to see it with a group of friends that we would always uh, uh, engage in substances and then go watch movies. Uh, and I remember there's the like the courtly dancing scene to uh, to Golden Years, and like right when that's starting up, and it's just like the beat is starting to come up, and there's like slow dancing. My friend Mike ripped a very loud fart like right in the middle of it, and it was really the best thing ever. Nice. That's, that's about all I remember of that movie. Other than that, it sucked. <laughs> Oh no, that that movie is a bisexual masterpiece. It's filled with hot, funny people. Oh, and if, if you, I worked at Hollywood Video when it came out on DVD, and if you positioned the scanning sticker just right on the logo, which was, you know, the, the tagline, which is, a, you know, he will rock you. Uh, if you position it just right, it'll look like you're covering up the F in part of a U to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did that a lot. Welcome to Josh's Life Hacks Corner. <laughs> well, if Hollywood Video still existed. So, <laughs> <laughs> Laura, did I get that bias? Buy enough time to. No, I no, I something? was I I, I, I was ready. Uh, I know I wasn't impugning. Yeah. Uh, so, um, hard bodies, as told by a Victorian novel. Uh, so uh, the opening shot is this is this tracking shot of the of the quaint coastal town of Hard Buddy uh, with umlauts over the 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 the, the vowels, right? Uh-huh, of course. Uh, yeah, well, you'd have to, right? Um, then the main character is a hotel proprietor who uh, who who manages to swindle these travelers into staying with him. Uh, and he says, look, like, like, you know, the, this is a hotel, but it's, you know, uh, uh, also a hotel, right? Where, where we have, um, oh, what was the code word they would often use for uh, dancing, uh, you know, dancing girls. There are dancing girls that, that <laughs> often come to, to, to use the stage at this particular hotel. Is that one of your um, words? What's that? Is that one of your words? No, uh, no, it's a, it's what they would say about prostitutes when the, you know. Uh-huh, they. They, yeah. They. It's, it's the code word that me and Josh uses, all right? Fine. <laughs> it's, it's one of the traditional code words from films when the production code was still there. Yeah. Along with uh, saloon right. girl. Yeah, saloon girl. That was the one I was actually fishing for. So, um, so these travelers decide they're going to they're gonna do a, a Harlequin party. And they're going to pretend to be, you know, uh, these 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 other sorts of things, you know. Um, and so uh, one of the guys, you know, pretends to be a painter, and he starts painting lots of girls' ankles, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And there would be, yeah, very scandalous. Um, and, and so uh, there would also be lots of cutaway shots of of people kissing, and then all of a sudden cut away, you know. Um, and so this, this Victor, this Victor, uh, this movie as done about a Victorian novel would then end with, uh, with, with the, the quaint hoteler learning a lesson about love. Sounds quite ribald indeed. John Lovitz would be pleased. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. 
Uh, we don't have time to spin the wheel one more time to do the more you know. I'm sorry. We'll we'll do that next time. So okay. let's uh, let's move on to some. Uh, where are they now? Uh, some ratings and some trivia. Josh, how's that sound? It sounds good. Uh, first off, in case anybody was wondering about the, how this film did, uh, it did very well financially. It made over seven million on a budget of less than two. Ooh, it was simply hit. simply selling itself on that damn poster. Uh, it absolutely did. Uh, director Mark Griffiths. Uh, he is, and this is why I didn't talk about this. Is what's going to follow? I mean, why I didn't talk about anybody in my uh, intro section, where I usually say, you know, oh look at all these people there. Look at Chicote's in it. Uh, director Mark Griffiths is so unnotable that Wikipedia doesn't have an entry for him. You can't click on him. <laughs> uh, he does have post hard body credits to his name, though. Uh, for instance, Hard Bodies Two. Uh, after that, he mostly did VHL, Purgatory, and TV Hell, uh, such as the three classic Au Pair series, uh, which, despite what the League would have you think, is a series of family romantic comedies and not porn. <laughs> uh, in fact, after 1992's Ultraviolet, Griffiths seems to have moved away from boob comedy altogether. Uh, the same cannot be said for lead actor Grant Kramer, who appeared in films like Treasure Hunt and The Midlife Crisis Guide to Strippers. Uh, he also had a 46-episode run on The Young and the Restless and a career-making spot in Killer Clowns from Outer Space as hey. Mike Tobacco. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, another Up All Night movie. We'll get to do that one soon. Nice. I think so, don't quote me. Uh, I was looking at the list yesterday. It indeed is. All right, cool. Uh, female lead Teal Roberts was less lucky uh, with a role in Foxy Foods Fight not exactly burning up the Oscars. Uh, she did appear in Beverly Hills Cop 2 as stripper, uh, but she got promoted to dancer for The Last Boy Scout and for an appearance on uh, USA's Silk Stockings. Uh, I think we say saloon girl around here, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she called a career quits, I guess, around that time because she stops getting credits. So, I mean, you've done silk stockings. Like, where else are you going to go? There's a bell curve well, for I this mean, type of acting. True story, yeah. though, Josh. Silk stockings was a lead-in often for Up All Night. So, Oh, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gary Wood, who was the uh, leading sleaze artist, uh, Hunter, uh, he was on some episodes of Renegade. That's pretty cool, Renegade. right? Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> other fake Michael Rapaport uh, is going to be in another USA Up All Night Beach movie, Miracle Beach. Uh, Christy Summers, who appears as Michelle, who I assume is a girl. Not sure who Michelle was. Uh, she also appeared in the bevy of other Up All Night movies, including Muggsy's Girls and Return to Horror High, as well as Hell Comes to Frogtown. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, but the real breakout star, quote-unquote, was Courtney Gaines as Rags, the doofy best friend, who went on to 133 mostly supporting roles, including uh, Back to the Future, uh, as well as the Up All Night semi-legit movies, Can't Buy Me Love and The Burbs. Oh. Uh, so he worked with uh, Tom Hanks, he worked with Eric Stoltz, he worked with, uh, he worked with a lot of people that are genuine actors. Wow. The Burbs uh, is the one 90s, of my like all-time favorite movies. Sorry to step on your lines. <laughs> yeah. He was also, interesting, the same year that Hard Bodies came out, he was in uh, 
oh gosh, it was in Children of the Corn and also uh, Lust in the Dust, which is another up all night film <laughs> that we will be doing. Man, this is this is like a, a nexus of up all night, man. We yeah. were uh, we were doing a if we were doing like a a five degrees of uh, up all night, like <laughs> you would well, definitely want to remember this. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this would be a key film for 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 six degrees of up all night. Um, by the 90s, he'd mostly moved on to TV and uh, lower rent horror, uh, but he still works pretty consistently and still seems to get roles whenever someone needs a lanky, redheaded creep. Uh, and a quick trivia question uh, to finish us off. Uh, why the fuck did the lead female character have a poster for the talking heads and you two in our room? Uh, not to mention the clash and bow wow wow. But shit's like Ferris Bueller. Like, these people don't listen to that music. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess now we go into the rating section. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and rate 1.5 out of 5 uh, fake model photo shoots. It's my, I would rate it a 2, like a solid, somewhat subpar mediocrity, but it just, something in the morality of the film really fucking bugs me. Like, he's just such an, un it's nice that he doesn't want his friend to openly rape a chick, but like, other than that, they're just such fucking scuzzes. And it, it makes the whole thing feel oily and gross to me. I, I can't fully enjoy something like that. I can enjoy making fun of it, which I have quite a lot. But. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I'll give it uh two uh old guy guitar beach bums out of five uh you know i i as i handed the movie off to cody i was like it's not good uh, but it is competently made which is you know more than i can say about some of the other things we, <laughs> we've dealt with recently so um i guess i you know i like josh i mean the the morality of the main character is a uh, is a bit suspect and kind of all over the all over the board but but uh, past that, like, um, you know, it, 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 you know, I could understand what was going on, and I didn't have to be like, "Who's this character?" You know, <laughs> like. Uh, I'll give it uh, two. Uh, quitting your day job to run off with strangers out of five. Uh, same, same type of thing. Like, uh, compared to some of the movies. You know, low budget sometimes means that's where most of the comedy is going to come from. But this movie was made well enough, definitely aimless a lot of the times. Uh, but it's the same thing. Like, it's uh, the only thing that's really giving it any pass at all is movies of this ilk were just so common. And especially knowing now that it was like a fully like backed Playboy movie, they, um, there's also things like Monty Python and eventually you get the whitest kids, you know, movie with Playboy backing uh, Miss March. So there's, there's some cool things that they have done, but uh, you're, you're right. It's still definitely based on this entire like commodity and industry of women as possessions. It's definitely not cool. And I will say, I mean, it did have Playboy backing, but it was like a less than $2 million film, which is, yeah. 
I mean, even for its era, it wasn't particularly big, I don't think. The Vixen scenes are cool. That feels like weirdly progressive also in the middle of this movie. There's like a couple of weirdly progressive points, but it just dips its toe back into this like super hazy uh, what's right and wrong. It's more like if I'm doing it and if I'm cool about it. Yeah. So 5.5 out of 15. Woo. Uh, so we want to do a one thing this week. Don't all talk at once. I got one. Mine's probably going to be a bummer, though. Or I okay. guess that's a terrible lead-in for this. Well, now you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I did a local uh, march against police uh, brutality for, uh, for Black Lives Matter in our, uh, in our local abode. Not our abode, but in our town, uh, which uh, thankfully went peacefully. There's a lot of shit that's going on right now. So, so support the in people you can. I was like, was yeah. there a lot of, were there yeah, a lot of police who, at your rally? Who, your abode? who knows how this will date in one week's time when you get it uploaded, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I've, uh, I've definitely been talking about it on my own social media, too. Certainly uh, something that feels like should probably deserve like the full spotlight but it's not like we can't still do our show too we're not trying to detract anything from that movement obviously we're clearly in full support to end yeah. police brutality we're not fucking idiots and i try not to bring too much of my politics into this show other than i don't know i guess i probably fail <laughs> I think I think listeners probably know where we stand politically, the, and, and that we don't. the the old upload had yeah, an hour and a half long uh, diatribe about your politics, if you if you recall correctly. <laughs> uh, it was like a twenty minute bit that I cut out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I posted separately during so the Star Wars holiday special, as I recall. <laughs> I had a lot on my mind around that time. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, but obviously in in previous episodes too, like we, uh, there's lots of things even in these movies, these USA Up All Night movies that we definitely know are like glorifying certain things that we're very critical of and aware. There's yeah. be be critical and aware of the media you consume as well. Yeah, although on this show, I mean, I, I do try and make it. I think we try and make it funny that we object oh. to these oh yeah this is definitely about brevity there's there's nothing wrong with uh with i the the thing that we get out of these movies is definitely more the community and the sense of like humor that we find in talking about it and making bits and sketches and that's definitely more fun at least to me than even watching most of these yeah. some are fun though eating raul is really cool yeah it's it's an interesting representative of sarah Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I told you I looked at the list yesterday. There are there are probably about fifteen like fantastic movies that Paul Knight did. Oh, there uh, are some good movies that they did. A lot of them are fairly well, well known, though. So I've tried to yeah I've tried to steer us away from doing a lot of those up front. Yep. But we've done like I know you guys didn't care for Night of the Comet as much as I did, but I loved Night of the Comet. Oh no, that one was pretty good too. I can't remember what the rating I gave, but that one was definitely a, a more enjoyable one. Yeah, I remember you guys liking it, but I, I'm crazy for that movie. <laughs> I'm like eating Raul and stuff. It's not all bad movies. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a weird assortment. It's, it's not all problematic turds. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, often the ones that are good are still a bit problematic in some ways. It's age is cruel. Yeah. <laughs> we almost always have like 10 better recommendations each episode too of other movies that like do certain things better than the way some of these movies try to do. Check out some of those things. Time is cruel. <laughs> uh, on that positive note, uh, my thing for this week is going to be uh, I finally watched Castle Rock Season 2. Uh, I finished it rather. I'd started watching it a while back. Uh, Castle Rock is a Hulu show that is sort of a Stephen King verse. It's like uh, based in Stephen King novels, which I read a lot of when I was younger. Uh, and they're kind of fun and interesting to watch. I, I thought the ending, the second to last episode was I, the main conflict I didn't care as much about, but the the last episode is real fucking hard hitting and awesome. Hmm. I miss watching TV with you, Josh. I do too, man. We still got to get through fucking Litter Kenny. Uh, there are about 10 things that we're behind on. uh okay so uh my one thing this week um i'm still eating my way through the same sentai seasons and the same arrowverse stuff as as the last couple weeks so uh i'm doing it all simultaneously so it all fun thing is it'll all end simultaneous which is cool but uh that means that i don't actually have a lot new to talk about so uh one of the things that i did this week though um uh, I've been sort of half working on this, this, uh, project, uh, of taking pictures of like business, you know, business closed and business open signs with the COVID stuff. Uh, so my one thing this week, uh, I will give a shout out to, uh, Canon, uh, Canon cameras. Uh, I, I bought this camera while I was on vacation, uh, at a pawn shop, uh, about a year or so back now. And, uh, it, it had yet to sort of, 100% justify its existence in my life. I, I spent a lot of money on it and I hadn't used it a bunch. Uh, now I have used it a bunch. So uh, Canon Rebel uh, 5i, I believe, is is the one that I have. And it is fucking awesome. I was definitely looking up a couple of the other ones, so I'll have to, I'll have to write that one down too. Canon Rebel i5? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I joked with my wife because... There are some of those close signs that like, you know, I'm standing on a sidewalk and I just don't want to deal with the like beef from business owners. Like, what are you doing? Why are you taking pictures in my store? And I'm like, I'm not taking pictures in your store. I'm taking a picture of your sign, dummy. Uh, rather than have that conversation over and over again, I feel like I was doing the paparazzi shot where I'd pop up the camera, take the picture real fast and put it right back down. Um, and that camera was pretty good at that. So if, uh, if, <laughs> if you're looking for something that, We'll do some auto zoom and some auto uh, auto focus and things like that. Like, like it's a great camera. Does it record film and stuff as well? I think it has a video setting. Good. Um, but yeah, I, uh, think I, I think I remember hearing that it was pretty good for its uh, the Rebel line was pretty good for their size and and such back in the days when I was keeping yeah. more track of digital video. Yeah, it's um, I mean it's probably a 10 year old camera at this point. So there are definitely better things out there, but, but it's uh you know, it's, it's gotten me by now and I've got, I've probably got two or three shots of things that I took while I was on the West coast tour. 
that mm-hmm. like I would put like I would put into like contention for like you know things that would go in calendars and things you know like like those kind of shots uh Ooh. yeah how many shots have you taken for the Instagram <laughs> <laughs> it's all up here buddy <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you yeah. we all got a virus pass speaking uh, speaking of fucking with you, there's no viewer mail this week. Uh, our our fan base has yet to uh, to engage with us in uh, you know in that way uh, at the at this time. Mm-hmm. We're good guys. So if you are interested in sending us viewer mail, you can uh, you can go ahead and send us an email at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. So uh, with that, that podcast stays up all night as a presentation of That Podcast Productions. You can find all of our podcast blogs and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook at That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. On, on uh, you know, an Instagram, I guess. Uh, when that start? That's And on Twitter, uh, anything you want to say about that, Cody? Uh, that productions on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. If podcatchers are your thing, you can find us. <laughs> uh, you can find us at that podcast productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, uh, and iTunes, or you can just uh, add the RSS feed from the website. Uh, how about the art, Cody? Want to talk about that one? Yeah, our art was created by Abby. Abby's a great artist. You can commission Abby for more artwork on her Instagram, which is Rosari Art, R-O-Z-A-R-I-A-R-T, Rosari Art. Uh, our, uh, our theme song is done by uh, Ted Potter. If you want more information about him, you can also email us that. Uh, you can email us any questions or contact us through the Facebook or whatever. Um, so be sure to do that if, if you are interested in he- more of his music. Josh, you want to talk about uh, something, some some sister show we have? You hear that? It sounds like girls talking comics, which is our sister podcast at girlstalkcomics.fireside.fm. You should go listen to it today. Sadly, it has nothing to do with mixed artist girl talk. There it is. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think the next line's yours, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night, it's bounty hunting time. We explore the unfathomable and mysterious depth of Kansas, I guess, in Critters with a special guest. Special guest? Ooh, who is it? Do want to announce our special guest? Uh, do I? Um, yes, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, somebody who I have uh, ran into at several comic book conventions uh, we've hung out, things like that. Uh, his name is Greg Smith. He does a he does a fantastic graphic novel series called uh, Junior Braves: The Apocalypse, and uh, he he just happened to mention on his Facebook uh, about a week or so back that uh, Critters is one of his favorite movies ever, and we had already put Critters into the production queue. So I was like, hey, crossover show. So uh, he's on board, and he will be uh, recording with us next time. So we're super looking forward to that. Well, that about does it for that podcast. Stays up all night. 
Until next time, keep your girl bands rocking and your bikini tops tied, if you say so. So, is that the end? Is Josh Lee Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at that, Josh. I don't know what. I'm milking these light, these J.J. Abrams shots. Oh, you're talking about the cum that's dripping down your camera. That's the lens flare. Whoop, gone. Let me get a little bit. Biscuit was in the background, Josh. It was cute. Yeah, yeah he likes to walk around back here.